Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Hold from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, you'll be listening to a Girl Funds podcast crossover episode that features an interview with Portside Real Estate Group founder and Housing Wire 2020 Woman of Influence, David Davin. In this episode, Davin discusses everything from her best financial tip to her number one piece of advice to people starting the home buying process. But before we listen, here's a brief word on HW Plus's Economist series. Trying to get as much information and data as possible as you head into 2021? Well, our premium content membership program, HW Plus, is here to provide you with just that. To close out the year, HW Plus is hosting a 2021 Economist series. Not only will you get access to all of their forecasts for 2021, but you will also get access to our HW Plus Slack channel, where we'll be hosting weekly Q&As with these economists, giving you the opportunity to ask your questions directly to them. Sign up for HW Plus today at www.housingware.com backslash membership. We're thrilled and honored to have David Davin on Girl Funds and to be able to just capture her amazing insight and wisdom, not only on the home buying market, but also on running a business and her leadership in running those business. Among many other amazing accomplishments, I want to start by noting that she is a Housing Wire 2020 Woman of Influence, along with so many other amazing things. For just a little bit more background on her, she founded Portside Real Estate in 2012 in Maine with a passion to make a difference. Now, eight years later, Davis' dream has become and grown into the fifth largest real estate company in the state. She owns and operates the largest solely female-owned real estate company in Maine. Um, want to just touch on that because I think a lot of the comments and insights she shares in this interview has just really spotlighted how she's been able to grow that. And one thing I wanted to comment, I don't know if I've ever touched on kind of the heart or the background on why I love doing this podcast with Sarah, but something that has always resonated with me with her is a very, very early on in my career, career, Sarah said that she thinks that she is like in her best decade year yet. And I think you were in your forties and you were saying at the time that like life has only gotten better at your age. And that resonated with me so much as like a 20 year old who was new in the industry. And one of my biggest fears, cause I knew at a young age that life was really short was growing up and just to see how much she's been able to accomplish. And I know in that interview, you touch on like how you wish you would be reflective and change things and make them different for me. I think that is a great question, but it's just been such an honor to watch Sarah. And even just listening to Dave's background on like what they've accomplished in life as someone who is younger, just like 
wow, I think she's completed uh, the, she's qualified for the Boston marathon. She's done the Ironman and you can see her just kind of see how she sets the intentions in her life to get her in that direction. And I think this to me is just like age is just a number. And that's something I've always learned from you, Sarah. So I wanted to touch on that as a thought that really kind of resonated with me on this interview and why I love just listening to her insights. That is so sweet. Ah, you know, Brenda and I were together for seven years, more, a little bit more than seven years. And no, I, it's true. You know, that that's a very sweet thing to say. And, it, and it's true for me. I love, I, I just had my birthday. I love every year. I'm excited to be my age. Um, it's awesome. And kind of my thoughts on this episode dovetail with that, because she said something that she said, she tells her agents, give yourself permission to be great. And that just resonates with me because, you know, sometimes you need to, you don't realize that what's holding you back or what could help you get farther is just your, your mindset. And you don't even realize you haven't given yourself permission to be great. You, maybe you've given your permission to yourself to be good or maybe just adequate, or maybe to fit into some box. But um, this is a really fun interview. And I learned a ton. And I'm actually going to go back and listen to it just because, you know, I want I want to give myself permission to be great and to dream some of the big dreams she's done, and then accomplish. So super inspiring. Such a great episode. And switching gears here a little bit to kick off our two cents for the week. I, I could start with mine. But my two cents, I feel like ties a little bit into well being and as well as the holidays. And well being is something that Ava really highlighted in this episode, but I love gift giving. You know, I absolutely love getting people presents. It genuinely makes me happy. And around the holidays, I always feel the pressure to ramp it up every year, even the years when I was a college student and I really had no business going out and spending a ton of money on presents. But (laughs) in this stage of my life, and especially in the era of COVID, my gift giving looks a little bit different. And it's either writing a letter or calling a family member or friend or someone that I haven't seen in a long time. And it's giving back to my community in some way and taking time for myself personally. But because, you know, yes, we do talk about money on this podcast, but we also like to emphasize that money isn't everything when it comes to well-being. And speaking of well-being, what I said earlier, I really like how Deva highlighted well-being and that physical and mental health comes first. And I'm really excited for our listeners to hear Deva's extraordinary achievements. But one thing that also stood out to me, and Sarah touched on this earlier, was giving yourself permission to be great. I feel like that's going to be my 2021 motto. (laughs) I just really admire how ambitious and motivated she is. And again, really looking forward for our listeners to hear this episode. It's a really special one. I love that, Victoria. That's so cool. And I do think that those those ways of giving back, like writing a, a note, being with people, that's that's so great. You know, mine's mine's around gift giving too. And it's really sort of a hack because I realized so we got out our stockings. You know, you guys know I have four kids, my husband has four kids, they're mostly all grown. And so his stockings, he bought, you know, like 20 years ago, I bought mine 20 years ago, I I get out his stockings for his kids, and they're like a foot and a half long. And I'm like, ever since I I first married him, I was like, why on earth would you buy a foot and a half long stocking that then you have to fill with stuff like that's just not smart, you know, and they look really cool. But seriously, they're so big. And then my kids, I got I got them sort of to me more reasonable. And the way that they're sewn, they're like they're they can take like three candy bars and maybe a little thing. And I'm just telling you, that is a hack for moms. I did the same thing with Easter baskets. He got this giant like round thing that you have to like fill up to like a gift basket. 
I went and got these wire things that they're little bunnies and they can really only take, they're only about like, I'm serious. You can only fit like three things in there. Listen, this is important. My kids didn't know everybody else had a foot long, a foot and a half long stocking. They were super happy with theirs, right? They were also happy with this tiny bunny. And then it's just like, you know, we didn't have a ton of money and, and I, it's not like I really wanted to give them that much candy anyway. So I'm just telling you, I'm giving you permission to not always do like the giantest thing, the biggest thing. None of that matters to your kids. Um, I mean, it might matter in different years, but I just, I think there's so much pressure as parents to like, I have to give this most amazing thing. And it's like, you know what, you are giving the most amazing thing and it's not in that stocking and it's not under the tree and it's going to be okay. And no matter what you see on TV with the commercials and the way it portrays stuff, it's going to be fine. And I, looking back, that's what I wish I could have told myself too, because there's so much pressure. So that's my two cents. (laughs) It's a powerful two cents I've been seeing on TikTok the other day. And I also saw it kind of in like a meme or like a graphic on Instagram, but it was like what you think versus what your kids think and how you feel all this pressure to the kids perspective. And it was these parents on TikTok filmed gifting their kids like lame gifts. And she like gave her son a pine cone and she gave her son an apple and he was so excited literally just because it really happened. He's like a pine cone. Thank you so much. And it's like shifting that perspective into their minds of like, what, what does make them excited and the pressure you put on yourself. So I think that's a, a really good two cents. Um, I'll stick with the theme of giving and also the theme of hack. Um, I don't do this all my friends groups, but one of my longest running best friend groups who hopefully is listening to this right now is we've done a secret Santa now for probably four to five years. And so there's four of us. We're all long distance right now. Um, and one, I just loved it's one way we can connect and virtually give each other gifts, but also it's one gift versus buying all four of us, all four of us buying three gifts for each person every year. So it's a great way for us to get quality time, no matter the distance that we have, but also just a great way. I'm a big believer in secret Santa and also writing a list of what you want. That way you get a gift that you want, but like doing it with your family. I've had friends do it with their parents. I've done it with my family and set a limit that way. It just kind of gives you permission. It's like for people who do struggle with that, like you're giving yourself permission to only have to buy this one person a gift. And because you wrote a list, you don't have to worry about them not liking it. So I'm a big believer. If you ever know me, I'm, I'll just always suggest a secret Santa in the mix of everything. So it's crazy to think that we're finally to the holidays. Okay. I just have to break in here and say that is the most Brenna thing I've ever heard. The phrase, one of my best friend groups. Okay. So if you know anything about, about Brenna, she has like 25 best friends and they truly are. They're all best friends. None of these people are like less than others, but, but it's true. Like that, that that's one of her best friend groups. Okay. <laughs> I just had to break in there. That, that's, that gives you a lot of insight into Brenna right there. Just an Enneagram seven over here. And I think it goes hand in hand with not really, but like you have a lot of kids. That's a lot of gifts. You also feel the pressure if you have a big family or friends like that, that list just grows. And I echo your sentiments, Victoria, of like, Oh, I want to, I want to buy all these people. There's nothing to me that's more exciting than finding the perfect gift. And then the perfect gift is $50. (laughs) Um, Well, to wrap into transition outside of the holidays here, it's wanted to wish everyone a wonderful holiday, but also just say, we're excited for you to listen to this episode with David Davin, as hopefully you're spending time with your families, excited for you to get a little bit of financial advice as we head into the new year.
for this first question, I kind of wanted to jump into that big, bold first nugget question, which is, um, what is the best piece of financial advice that you've ever received? Which I know is a lofty question. Thank you so much. Thank you for that introduction, Brenna. Um, that was amazing. I am thrilled and so excited to chat with you both. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I I got some good advice early on. My first job out of college, I worked for Citicorp and I went to a lunch and learn about 401ks and youth for all our Gen Z and millennials listening, youth has a huge advantage for building wealth. You can really maximize that compound interest. So what I got out of that for me was that I have to max out my 401k no matter what. So I went without in order to do that. Um, and if that's not available to everyone, at least contribute to the what the company, if they match it, because the match will be, you know, free, free money that will really compound over time. At, at Portside, I contribute to my employees 401k, even if they don't. So it's not even a match. I just put it in there for them, whether they're matching it or not. And then our profit sharing plan at the end of the year, I don't give it to them as cash. It goes into their 401k. So it forces them to have those good behaviors, especially for my younger staff, you know, really want them um, to take advantage of their youth and, and the wealth that it can bring to them if they start early. That is so cool. I love that. It's so funny. I have, um, I have lots of kids and they're, they're mostly a uh, millennial age. Right. And I just was having a conversation with my daughter last night about, uh, she's in her first real job out of college and she was asking about the 401k and, you know, how does she prioritize that over, you know, maybe paying off student loans or something like that. I was just like, it's just such an exciting time when you're her age, you have so much time on your, on your side to do things. But you know, it's, it, I just was super excited to hear her asking me about that. And, and she even said, she goes, I think I'm just going to go listen to girl funds. I was like, yeah, that's what you should do. Because we're talking to all these amazing people. So David, we are, you know, we're a female empowerment podcast. And we talk a lot about finances, but not just about finances. So that's one of the things we wanted to dive into some of the other things that you do. So not only do you own and operate, like Brenna said, the largest solely female owned real estate company in Maine with five unique offices, but you've competed in several marathons, including qualifying for the Boston Marathon multiple times. And you're also a four-time Ironman finisher. Ah, that's so impressive. So can you tell us about your passion for endurance sports and how that plays into how you run, no, no pun intended, your life and business. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, I think they do um, correlate quite a bit. Um, when I first got the idea to complete a, a triathlon, I think I just wanted to try something that literally seemed impossible. I, I couldn't even swim the length of a pool. I didn't own a bike. Um, so swimming 2.4 miles in open water, then hopping on my bike and biking 112 miles as fast as I could, and then running a marathon, that definitely seemed like an impossibility for someone that wasn't an athlete, didn't play sports in high school. I am just your average, you know, middle-aged mom with some fire in my belly that thought, you know what, maybe I can do this. And, you know, really for those listening, if I can do it, anyone can. I think it's just having, um, having that belief in yourself and, and really sticking to a schedule and being disciplined um, and just getting better, you know, over time. I think it, it really carries over into business. I have really high goals that for our, our company and for the good work that we do in the community. Some of them, 
these goals and ideas, they're almost embarrassing. I don't share them because they're just so ridiculous, you know, sort of like this middle-aged woman and you're going to do an Ironman, you know, that seems crazy. Um, but amazing. So having those and believing that anything is possible, um, you know, we can accomplish so much more than we think we can. That I just, when I read that line, I've competed in one sprint triathlon. I was a swimmer in high school. So I felt like I could do it. And to just know that you've done, um, Ironmans and the Boston marathon, I would be lying if I didn't read that and think I should add that to my bucket list. I'll compete in an Ironman. Don't you 100%. You so <laughs> don't have anytime soon. We'll talk offline. <laughs> I'll, I'll take all the feedback. Um, and I think the heart behind that question too, is just the fact that I, at least just training for a sprint, it's like a full-time job in that discipline and that structure, which I do think is almost a metaphor for running a business or maybe not a metaphor, but like that same type of structure and discipline that you need to have. Um, well, switching kind of out of that gear, we also obviously are passionate about home buying and home buying tips and insights. And as someone who I'm sure is regularly helping people achieve their dream of home ownership, giving them into homes, um, where do you kind of that basic entry level question of like, how do you recommend people start the home buying process? And where do you think they often go wrong when they cut, when it comes to like buying a home? Um, you know, it can be overwhelming at times. I think some people hear from their friends or their parents on where they should start and really just kind of giving them this helpful tip of like, what's a good place to start. And maybe what's something that you're hearing wrong and not a good place to start that maybe you think is a good place. Sure. I think, um, going back to, you know, our first question about, about youth, I think the, the younger, the better when thinking about homeownership, um, is, is really important and it starts really young, having good behaviors simple things, paying your bills on time, saving money, you know, saving for that down payment. And, you know, speaking with a trusted loan officer that can take a look at your income and your, um, your debt ratio. And folks can start that process a year, two years before they buy. They're not bothering anyone. The loan officer will be happy to have their business later and, and really go over that with them um, to set them up. I think the typical scenario or is you are in a long-term relationship and then maybe you, you don't want to solidify that relationship, start to have a family and then buy a house, but it doesn't have to be in that order. And I think that's where people do go wrong is sort of thinking, well, this is how I'm supposed to do it. I'm supposed to graduate from college, get the job, do it in this way. And you don't necessarily have to. Right now, single women own more homes than single men. Besides married couples, single women are the largest group of home of, of home purchasers. Um, and, you know, for me, I probably was 25 or 26 when I bought my first property and it was a duplex. I could have never afforded it without that income. And it had two, um, two units and I lived in the, you know, the worst one and rented out the more expensive one to make that all happen. So for a young person, that this might seem a little out of reach. If you're going to be sharing an apartment with roommates, you know, maybe you actually buy it and they can help you pay the rent. So there's lots of, of options there, but it, it, you know, to be responsible and to be able to, you know, handle all the carrying costs and whatnot, they need to be really smart and saving early and understanding where their money is. Well, that's a great segue to our next question, which is really about, you know, for the people who grow up in your own home, your kids, how do you, how can you help them prepare for financial success? That, that could definitely be buying a house, could it, but it could also be other things like 
when you say start early, um, what does that look like? And, and how do you think that, that you best do that? I think it starts really early. I think it starts with talking to our children. I feel like as I talk to my girlfriends and my peers, people have a lot of baggage around money. You know, it's just one of those, as you talk about on your podcast, those taboo subjects. And that comes from our upbringing. You know, money isn't bad. If you um, have ambition and money comes with it, it doesn't make you a bad person. You can do so much good with money. And I think that comes with talking to our children about the stock market, about mortgages, about taxes, you know, incorporating that into our parenting, because the chances are they're not going to be getting that in, in their school. That's something that's part of our job as parents to educate them um, and have them understand their finances. I think um, one thing that parents can do to help prepare their child too is, you know, and we, I might lose some fans when I, um, when they hear this, but I mean, if you think about a wedding and how much that costs and a lot of people save for their daughter's wedding, um, or their son's wedding, but you know, historically it's been for their daughter, like that's such crap. Come on. Like, you know, let's give her the option. Perhaps she wants that money for the down payment on a house. I mean, weddings are expensive. They're one day and 50% of marriages end in divorce. So I think if we rewire that thinking of how we really want to honor and um, care for our kids in that way, that that's a great help that we can do and really set them, you know, set them up for success from a young age. My husband and I eloped 18 years ago. And let me tell you, we have a beautiful marriage. We don't regret not having a wedding. Um, and we definitely use that money in other ways. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. To hear the rest of the conversation, head over to the Girlfriends podcast, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. That's a wrap for today's episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll catch everyone here again tomorrow.